Okay, going in three, two. You're listening to Great Scott, The Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my desk mate, Jacob. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Happy uh, first show of the year to you, sir, 2018. What, what? What, what? Uh, <laughs> is this our third year of the show? Did we start in 2017 or 2016? I think 2016, but I could be wrong. Feels like a long time. We have been doing it for quite a while at this point. I hope everyone had a uh, good holiday, safe travels, all that jazz. Um, If you would like to uh, help us out, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash broken jars. Find us on the web at brokenjars.xyz. But yeah, we're here to talk about The Office. We are finishing up season six. Uh, Well, Uh, well, not quite. Yeah, season six. we're going through to season six for sure. So the answer to the question is June 19, 2016. So we've been at this for about a year and a half now. There it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's crazy, too, because, uh, you know, we took that little winter break or whatever. I was just thinking how uh, we didn't get a chance whoops, to do a show uh, that's kind of commenting on the possibility of bringing back The Office. I mean, we may never stop this show now because of that stupid news. Wait, what? I, I missed that news. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's not even a reboot. It's uh, they're the talks are they're going to restart the office and some of the old cast is going to come back. Um, so same, same office is going to be Dunder Mifflin Saber or whatever. Um, with some new people and then some old people. Does that sound wow, terrible? This is like legit, yeah. isn't it? Hollywood Reporter. Oh man! Um, <laughs> oh, it's playing music. Got me. Stop playing music. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know how they would get Jim and Pam back. Um, well, I feel like uh, it's probably going to be like the you know the accountants. Maybe will still be there. A couple of them. Um, I could see. I forget what happened to Gabe, but um, if he's still at the branch, uh, I think he went back yeah. to Tallahassee, right, with Robert California and stuff. Well, but they liquidate the entire co- they liquidate the entire company, so he was a management consultant because it was that weird right, episode right. in season nine where Andy gets off pissy. Um, yeah, I mean the accountants, because Kevin for sure, um, you know Creed and Meredith, I could see coming back. Pretty much the whole sales team, I could see gone though. Um, yeah, I could see that. I mean, unless I don't know, Rain Wilson really hasn't done a whole lot. No, um, but uh, not that he needs to. I'm sure he made a crap ton yeah, of money. Yeah, he's the he's probably doing pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of nuts because then this started as a Office rewatch podcast, and it might continue on if it comes out in any form of our show time here. Uh, an office fucking actual watch as it goes on. That's nuts. <laughs> that would be something. Okay, so our first episode today is season six, episode twenty-three, and the hundred and twenty-third episode of The Office. Body language. Can I just say? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I know. Again, always get called out for being a negative Nancy. But this Donna stuff is like some of my least favorite Michael stuff. So 
you know, I will I will continue to be the best co-host that I can, Jacob. But boy, howdy, do I not enjoy watching this stuff. Well, see, yeah, it's it's tough to watch, uh, but I think it's good television. Like, I don't like it that you know this happened with Michael, but I think it made for a good couple of arcs, and it really like he grew up in a way that made him ready for Holly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's a conversation to be had as we get to the end of this crap, but uh, that's <laughs> it's still, it's still rough, man. Um, yeah. So we start with this cold open and it's not really super explained, but for some reason, Michael, Oh no, it is kind of explained. Uh, Michael has a whole office trying to speak Spanish to him uh, because he has he's a, going to Cancun. That's right. Which, Grant, I've never been to Cancun, but I doubt you need to know Spanish to get around Cancun. <laughs> yeah, I think Cancun is like the resort areas of Jamaica. Like, they're not really part of the rest of the country because they're so, like, commercialized for tourism. Right, That that's kind of what it, what it seems like to me. It's, yeah. like, it's like a cruise ship, but not in the ocean. That's right. That's yeah. what it seems like. But again, um, I've never been there, so if you've been there... <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. Let us below. know. <laughs> so we we can go there. I don't know. I'm not a beach person. That's just not yeah. like my... If I'm going to spend that kind of money on a vacation, I'd rather go to like the mountains and snowboard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I was going to spend that much money on a vacation, it'd probably be buying movies and video games to not leave my apartment so <laughs> man for a trip to cancun that'd be like two grand that'd be a lot of video games i'd have to buy some new consoles then to make sure i spend all of that and maybe incorporate some build, order in to... build a like a hardcore pc and like play like two games on it. yeah that too yeah i mean either way I, just as long as i don't have to leave that's my goal so um aaron's okay but she answers the phone in English, and that's that's a no-no. And so, what does Jim do here? He just whips out some like advanced high school Spanish in rapid succession to throw Michael off, right? Right, and that's um, yeah. So he is like I, I picked up on some of it, and it's definitely like just wrote stuff that he remembered from yeah. high school. It's like, how are you? I'm doing great. How's the time passing? Something like that. So, uh, but it's funny, and Michael don't know. Michael. Of course, whenever I hear Spanish like that, all I can think of is community. Yeah. Uh, Dwight is under the impression, however, that in 20 years, and excuse me, he's not under the impression. He has it on good he has authority. It on good authority. That uh, they'll be speaking some form of German or Chinese German hybrid. I mean, so I went to uh, the, what the heck's that museum called? Liberty Science Center here in. Uh, Northern New Jersey. It's a staple for New Jersey field trips in the fourth grade. And uh, me, okay. and my, me and my girlfriend went as adults because we had a ticket for a free admission. And uh, somewhere there was a what they called a karaoke language booth where you selected a letter. They didn't tell you what language it was assigned to. And we happened to select Chinese. And Chinese is hard, man. Oh, yeah. It, they, it was like the same word. And they said... It's a it's like inflection based language, mm-hmm. so if your inflection's wrong, you could be saying, uh, "Can I ask you a question?" or "Can I kiss you?" And th- th- those are drastically different things to ask a stranger. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so I couldn't imagine a German Chinese hybrid. On top of that, isn't German kind of inflection based as well? Well, 
I mean, I guess I suppose it is a Germanic language, right? Which is like <laughs> you a, don't a, say, yeah, which is like a third of the English language. So, but in, Americans don't have any type of a, you know, fucking our fuck. Language is or it's so about bas- the same thing either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah our our language is so bastardized. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> so there are genitals everywhere, right? Yeah, because uh, Oscar. <laughs> Had uh, had him use the international symbol for male and female to handle the uh, the gender part of the of the Spanish language, which you know what, honestly, when I was in high school, that's what tripped me up the most. I had the hardest time keeping la and l uh, set like straight in my head, like I, I couldn't do it. Oh, of Spanish language? Yeah, I thought. You started that with uh, not knowing the male and female signs. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. no. I'm in a... (laughs) Well, in Michael's case, it's... So it seemed like boobs for women. Easy. Boobs for women. But was Mm -hmm. it the entire package for guys? It looked like balls and the peen. Yeah, I I think so. It it was the full full Monty. Interesting. Well, also, too, not for nothing. I mean, I guess boobs are easy enough the way he drew them, but it seemed like his wieners were quite detailed. <laughs> Closed off is tough. So he's got them posted all over his uh, little office, and Angela comes in, and he mistakenly calls her Angelo. Right, which is a dude. So he puts a boob posted on her forehead. <laughs> so the gist Poor of the Angela. episode, right? Yeah, I know. She's always, she's, she's, uh, she's boobs. She's Jamaican sometimes. It's terrible. So the gist of the episode is uh, it's, well, there are, as always, lots of storylines. But the first storyline we're introduced to is Jim and Pam are actually going to be doing like a, a dual sales thing in this episode. Right. Which I don't get because like Pam is like doing all these voices and shit. And like, like even, even uh, Pam or Jim is like, who are you? Because yeah. he's doing this like really yucky, like, like not like, like yucking it up, not like gross yucky, but like. He'll get, he gives and I take, uh, you yeah. know, just this really weird. Well, she, uh, I, I just, she almost dressed up as Charlie Chaplin that time. So I, that's kind of like around the time of like vaudevillian humor, maybe. That's true. You so know, maybe she has a, yeah, she has like a, a soft spot for 1920s like, entertainment. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very three stooges, right? Like she's about to like poke him in the eye or yes. something. Very three stooges. Uh, they're they're selling to Donna from Happy Hour, right? Who is, you know, in her late twenties, according to her. Yeah. <laughs> so why she's slumming it with Michael, we will never know if she's actually in her late twenties. Yeah. So yeah, so the gist is Pam and Jim are going to be selling to Donna in the conference room, in a much more detailed way than we've ever seen it anybody in this office sell like there's a powerpoint presentation going on and maybe it's because of the saber takeover because printers are different there's like a service with printers you know right uh that that's probably true um you know it's just we, we haven't really seen a lot of actual sales stuff going on recently yeah so maybe it's just you know them advancing their sales yeah know, sales techniques you know because Jim is kind of a go-getter, so you know maybe he's learning things and. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he seems like the guy who'd be like, "Okay, well, this is what I hear on the grapevine is like the new sales thing, so we should try it that way." Um, 
But yeah, so it's a big thing, but Michael keeps walking in on them with some very time-sensitive Yeah, it's the Victoria Secret catalog. <laughs> so do you think he was really mistakenly getting them from a previous resident of his unit? Or Because I'm like, Michael, he has those, you know? I mean, Pam would know yeah. because she rearranges his subscriptions to magazines like cracked mm-hmm. in the before we get too deep into this this episode is actually directed by mindy cape hey so you know big hitter um not yeah. in it that much no that's probably why yeah <laughs> uh so i don't know maybe uh, uh i mean so this is one of those things where people are like, oh, you know, you know, you, the internet, you, the whatever, you know, you want to look at the Victoria's Secret catalog for the women. But like, this, this was 2010. There was very, I mean, the iPhone had been out for three years at this point. I mean, come on. Right. So, I mean, like, there's no reason to like get a fake Victoria's Secret subscription anymore in this day and age. Well, he's Even old. Michael he's, has to know that. Well, I don't know if he does. He's old school, man. You know, he <laughs> tucks that stuff in between his mattress. Maybe he hides it in the forest like the good old days. Remember that? Good old forest porn. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know, but maybe you're right. But anyways, it's inappropriate. I feel like there's a story there from, from some other time. <laughs> That's for our other like, podcast. We always have Jacob's story time, but maybe it's J-Ray's story time. Yeah, well, tune in after this show for Great Scott After Dark, where we don't talk about The Office at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's inappropriate, but he brings it in, says that there's a sale that uh, goes till May. Now, this episode right. aired April 29th, so presumably there's only like two or three days left. Right. Yeah. So if we take it sort of air date is actual date, then yeah, then either it's like two days left or, you know, a month left, depending if it's yeah. through May or if it ends, ends, on May. Uh, yeah. ends in May. Uh, but she takes it. She takes the magazine. She's happy about it. And um, right. Yeah, so we kind of get into this uh, interesting back and forth between Jim and Pam because they are the devil and angel on Michael's shoulder during this, uh, what he's trying to do here, right? Right. And Jim's like, no, don't. Because I think, one, Jim really wants to sail. Yep. And I think he wants to sail for Pam, too, because, you know, because then they, if, I mean, I don't know what happens to the commission, right? Right. Maybe if pam got the sale they could push all the commission through her so they get a full commission instead of the cap right which has already happened right yeah the cap has already happened i think yeah so um so maybe you know there there's an angle to be to be looked at right there um but i think jim more than anything is just worried that, that michael's gonna screw up the meeting oh yeah yeah for sure um so, the B storyline here is the uh, Print in All Colors initiative by Saber, where mm-hmm. Gabe is looking for some minority applicants to uh, possibly become managers. And it seems like maybe the individual who. Well, it's a two way street because. So, Dwight becomes involved and he has his mm-hmm. own way to get, uh, you know. Uh, a treasure a gift out of this or whatever a prize right well he's he's trying to be the puppet master and hoping that his puppet doesn't you know 
wreak havoc on it. But uh, but Gabe also, it almost seems like Gabe is going to get some type of like benefit also for uh, for finding a suitable applicant for the initiative. Because mm-hmm. uh, right, it yeah. it kind of seems like he wants Daryl, which makes the most sense. Um, and I'm sure that you know Joe is like, hey, make sure Daryl knows about this to Gabe because she likes him. Um, it actually sets up a storyline for season seven, eight, season eight, right? Uh, where we learn that Daryl blows out his knees and like he stopped trying, he had all these opportunities and just kind of quit pushing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Daryl makes sense because he's already a management position, like in the warehouse. Right. There's no reason why he couldn't translate to an office thing like he almost is now, you know. Uh, but right. yeah, you know, if he had done this, he probably sets up to actually be the manager when Michael leaves. Right, right. Um, but Dwight is concerned that he can't control Daryl, so he looks for his own minority. And where better to look than the uh, extra the office space? Who- yeah. The simpleton who can be bought with a few fashion magazines. Yeah. So that's when Kelly becomes involved here. And uh, it's tough. She doesn't know any CEOs. Though she does yeah. want to be Julia Roberts. Right. And it's one of those things where, like, even though it's kind of backhanded, you get the, the sense that Dwight actually respects Daryl's ability to do what he does. Because he does say, like, competent worker who's good at his job, who... Right. You know, like yeah. he's like, but he can't be bought. So, no, that's exactly right. He uh, he definitely sees Daryl as a real threat, as opposed to his looking for Kelly, who is the right. dance. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Dwight does try to apply, however, right? He because uh, yeah, he's he glasses for Colorado, Colorado survivors. Yeah, I don't know what cholera is, and I didn't look it up. What is cholera? It's a um, disease. So very, yeah, I know it was really rampant like the 1800s. Let's see. This is the Googling portion of this show. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for us glasses wearers, one day they'll actually make headphones that are comfortable for glasses. Oh, I know, man. I, you know, I'm a, I was always waiting for like Google Glass to become like a, a consumer product proper. But, you know, they're always like a stupid thing that you had to wear like over your glasses. I was like, you just need a clip on man. Clip ons have been around <laughs> since the seventies. Let's do this. Uh, it's a bacterial disease causing severe diarrhea and dehydration, usually spread in water. So not only is it a disease, Jacob, it's a hilarious one because it makes you poop a lot. And as I know from the, uh, the Dunderpedia Reddit, they love when we talk about poop on the show. Okay, so uh, let's see. Okay, so Michael, uh, back to the <laughs> the meeting. Michael starts to kind of encroach himself more and more on this meeting. It's becoming disruptive. He wants to play his own PowerPoint, and that PowerPoint right, where he's all these different pictures and uh, like he's like trying to get her turned on. Like show show her a picture of me. Show her something that turns her on. Right, and all that she knows is she's turned on. So he's got like. Like his Shrek green eyes and like the crisp, gorgeous blacks. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it, 
there's three... in there with her, like, yeah, showing her this like black and white photo. Like, this is where I go to get away. I never take anyone there. Well, who took the picture, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of three moments that stick out. That the uh, the ripped torso with no head that he puts his body in front of, right? Uh, which is good. And then the the last secret slide, the Fight Club like sex thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Sex. <laughs> now I guess it's worth. I mean, this is you know we're talking about this from 2017. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of conversations about this kind of thing. Sorry, this is 2018. Jesus. Yep. Well, we're leaving a year where we talked a lot about it. I mean, Michael would be fired for sure. He'd be called out uh-huh. on Twitter. <laughs> and he would never be hired as a regional manager for paper or printer sales ever again. I mean, you would think, but, you know, we've also seen that they don't really um, do a whole lot to people. <laughs> you know, it's Dunder Mifflin, even under Saber, is pretty inept company. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. They're not very good at uh, slapping people on the wrist because they don't really. They seem not to care that much, actually, which will be talked about in our next episode. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not a lot of regulating going on. Right. I mean, it could, I mean, I'm sure it's better under Saber, but I mean, we learned from the uh, the ethics seminar that at least under Mifflin, as long as it helped the bottom line, they didn't give a fuck. That's right. Um, let's see. So, and then he like tries to kiss her, right? Yeah. And she just kind of like she does, she she rejects him, but not in like a bad way. Like it's more of just a no kind of thing. Right. And one, what the hell is he thinking? Two, what the hell is she thinking? Like, what? Like, this... The relationship itself doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yes, I know. We know she's cheating, but... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I uh, when we talked about Happy Hour, it was really unclear why Donna made that switch over uh, when she started talking to Michael. You had said maybe it's because he was a manager or something, but uh, it, it feels even more abrupt than that. It's just weird and then yeah there's something weird going on here too and mike's michael's uh vibe isn't wrong he does this all the time but he's pushing it way past to the point of harassing someone sexually <laughs> and i think that's really right. weird it, it, yeah yeah i think it's worse at the end of the episode right right so it's way worse I mean, so the beginning of all this relationship stuff is very weird and then the fact that i don't like this storyline anyway it just makes it very hard to talk about all the time <laughs> Uh, so let's see. But, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, maybe they've been texting back and forth and like, you know, that's going okay. So, you know, Michael can be a sweet guy. So maybe she's been seeing like, you know, she's, I don't know. I don't know what apps they had back then, but like <laughs> me. Plenty of, plenty of fish. 20, huh? Plenty of fish. Free version of Match.com. Yeah, that's where I met my wife. OG Ashley Madison. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know, whatever their version of Snapchat is, or, you know, she's just hiding her phone from her husband. Um, but, yeah, so it's just, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a great line here. About how you can only ooze two things out of your body. 
<laughs> Sexuality in pot. Yeah. It's just terrible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Donna is wearing this really weird shirt. It's like a Star Trek shirt with no shoulders or something stupid like that. Like, I don't know. It's like I mean, something I don't that Donna. Those were those were those cutout shoulders were really, really popular for a while. I don't know. In twenty ten. Seems, I mean, really, I seems like something from my early. What's her face? Donna Troy from Next Generation would wear. Deanna. Deanna. I don't know. You Star Trek nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and J.K. All day. Okay. Um. Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, we we know she's not in her late twenties, though. So I don't know. It's it just seems yeah, like I a mean, weird thing for a thirty-plus-year-old person to wear. Not that, not trying to shame people by their body or age or whatever, but it's just a very impractical article of clothing, you know. Right, but you know, she's trying. I mean, to me, it looked like she was coming in to, you know, like Pam said, flirt with Michael to get what she wants and to actually be flirting with him. Right. Two goals. Two birds, one stone. One bird, right. really. One bird, two stones. Right. And so, I don't know, maybe... I don't know. Maybe she she, she knew she'd be selling the Michael, so something low-cut. I mean, she's she is an attractive woman, so, you know... Maybe, yeah, I mean, she's yeah. she is of nefarious reputation... Uh, so she probably does this kind of thing, like she's done this before. Right. But... Uh, schmoozing for a discount, or maybe this is not the first time she's cheated on her husband, or whatever. Like, she's a pro. Right, but she's you also think that like she probably came up in sort of the bar scene, so she's used to being a bartender, and you know, bartenders that look good wear things like that for bigger tips. In general, the point is stupid shirt. So, Michael's trying to give this discount that is unreasonable. And uh, I think you've got thoughts on selling something below cost. Right. So, um, so the idea is, like, a lot of times people will sell things below cost if it gets them to buy, get the people to buy other things that are really, um, you know, are high value. Right. Uh, Walmart does this a lot. It's like lost leaders. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't make sense in this situation, but in some situations it does make sense. Yeah, but like usually I guess in those instances what you're selling are either things that you've got inventory that's taken up space in a warehouse. Right. Or things that you already bought dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so even if you're taking a loss, it's minor. Yeah, but a, a huge or, printer that they probably don't keep on the premise does right. not fit that, yeah. And, you know, there is what's called the Gillette model where it's, you know, give them the razor, sell or give them the razor, sell them the blades. Uh-huh. So like, you know, Gillette will pretty much you can buy a you know, like a razor pretty cheap. It's just the blades that are expensive. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a printer's uh, shtick anyways with like a, in this instance toner and stuff. Right. 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 So, yeah, you can get a pretty nice printer for like 50 bucks. But that the first time you fill toner in it, it's. Yeah. You know, an extra 80 bucks. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most expensive liquids on the planet is tone, is is printer ink. And how much of it are pornographic magazines? Too much. Too much for this environment. Okay. Anyways. Well, I don't know. Anymore, probably not so much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now that the internet's taken over. 
<laughs> um, so let's see. There's a joke about how uh, Pam was after Jim's money, but as we know, they are both clamoring for any dollar they can get. Yep. Uh, no. Okay. So yeah. hold on. I'm I'm looking this up. Uh, it's in... All right. So human blood, fifteen hundred dollars a gallon. Black printer ink, $2,700 per gallon. Yeah, but that makes sense. Like, ink is a finite resource, but there are so many people, Jacob. <laughs> Janelle, number five, $26,000 a gallon. Wow. Ooh, LSD, $123,000 a gallon. Is Drucker Noir on there? <laughs> No, but the most expensive liquid in the world is scorpion venom at $39 million a gallon. Yeah, it's probably pretty hard to get. Well, scorpions aren't that big, so, you know, you got, it takes a lot of dead scorpions to get that much venom. Well, that too. <laughs> um, now I'm trying to make her anorexic. I forget that. I forget oh, yeah. The, uh, so Dwight goes back to... Uh, talk to kelly about the whole thing right and ryan's back there and she said that someone at the mall was mean to her so she made a fake profile oh. from someone in her home room yeah. and now they're trying to make her anorexic and so he realizes that ryan has taken over kelly and he's not happy about it at all yeah and he's like you know if you had told me i was gonna create something that was gonna be capable of my own destruction i thought it'd been the bull me and mo's are trying to reanimate yeah yeah it's like uh i want to see this stuff and i'm sure that's exactly what happened in the pitch meeting when the farm concept was yeah. coming out like let's let's show all the crazy stuff but would you really have wanted to watch that i mean we'll talk about more in a couple years but well, I mean, not the actual bull part, but I think it would be funny as hell to see, like, Dwight with the goggles on. Oh, sure. Doing his own, you know, it's a very, live thing. Very yeah. young Frankenstein going on with Dwight and Moe's. That'd be pretty funny, I think. Uh, so, so, yeah. Then we have, like, Donna and Michael going over this contract. And, uh, you know, he's reading it to her, blah, 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 pound of fish. Ask her if she wants a mint, because apparently Kevin said if she asked for the mint, that she's into him or something. Yeah, I think is it. He's coming from a place of like maybe a mint leads to kissing. Yeah, I mean, out of all my really weird theories on relationships and stuff, that's never been one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, so she like she takes one, and in one it's an Altoid, which they don't make anymore, which is sad. Like. Like, they no. used to be amazing mints when we were, like, in our, well, at least when I was in, like, my early teens. Then they got bought and got terrible and people quit buying them. Altoids is still a thing. Is it? I haven't yeah. seen them forever. Well, apparently they're owned by Wrigley's. Okay. Uh, so, what? that's, like, extra and all that jazz? Yeah, uh, double fruit. Or, yeah, double fruit. Yeah, it looks like they're still going. I mean, they've branded them off into some other stuff as well. There's gum now, apparently. Yeah, I haven't seen Altoid forever. Maybe they just don't carry them in my part of the world. I don't know. Apparently, Altoid tins have also been popular with outdoor enthusiasts for many years as first aid or mini survival kit containers. 
I need with these kits is a bug out Altoids tin or boats. So there you go. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. like, so okay. like she she takes one and then like offers one to Michael, which he like licks off her hand. Well, it's weird because he offered the mint to her first, right? And she took the, the tin, right? Uh, and so she she offered him one was like reading something about like certified fresh or something, and she's making jokes about how you know is there someone out there certified. Like, is there a board that certifies things as fresh? Right. And, Which, to uh, be fair, you know, I don't like Donna that much. But to be fair, it's a valid question. Is there a freshness certification board out there? No. It is a marketing ploy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Michael... I would like to meet someone on... I would like to meet a freshness certification expert. <laughs> well, if you are one and you listen to this show... Hit us up and you could be on the next episode. Yeah, so Mike like hoovers this thing out of her hand. And she goes, oh my God, Michael. Still doesn't leave though. And that's kind of Pam's argument through this whole episode. She could have left a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... I don't know. And like, so she leaves and... Um... Like, Michael, like, pins her down by the door. Yeah. Like. Really, really, really uncomfortable and terrible. When I first watched this, I was, like, really weirded out. But, but I feel like we've gotten more more sensitive as a culture to these kind of things. I'm, like, like really weirded out watching it this time through. I'm, like, what the fuck is going on? No, I think that is an appropriate response at all times. And despite sensitivity, I think that, that, I mean, that is. It's weird. He's, yeah, he's like pushing her into yeah. fucking uh, blinds that cover the door, which are there sometimes and not there other times. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I think what's also wrong with this whole story arc is just like we already went through a lot of time for not liking Michael, you know? Like right. now we're six years in and now we like him and he's just a doofus. But this kind of brings him back to like a more nefarious place, like a more. Uh, yeah, just too creepy. You know, Michael well, was never creepy in this way. And if he was, he stopped being that creepy. Right. I mean, he... Maybe not in this way, but he definitely was creepy earlier, especially like season one. Yeah, I mean, he tried to kiss like, Pam at Diwali. Yeah. And, uh, but we also have talked about how like this is like Michael hitting rock bottom. I know. So, it's hard. It's rough, though. Does it have to I, be I kinda, like, illegal, though? <laughs> Does it have to be harassment for him to hit rock bottom? Could it be drugs? Something fun like that? Murder? Right, but maybe like maybe viewing this as out of character for Michael would be the correct way to view it because of, like, he is hitting rock bottom and he... he I don't think even though it's a lot easier to get into a situation like this than most people think, I think that Michael would have broken it off um, when he found out she was married. You know, if he was in his normal frame of mind. Huh. Huh, huh, huh. I guess that's to be known. 
If Holly ever found out, though, probably cut his huevos off, man. Oh, you know we told her. <laughs> you know we did. No, I don't yeah. think. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem with this scene, though, is that even while he's doing it, Michael doesn't register it as something that he's doing that's inappropriate. Oh, that, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I feel like it wouldn't come up either, and I think that just adds to like the just the weird way this this story was told. Right. But anyways, yeah. And then like you know Kelly, like she gets into the minority program, which be uh, which transforms her into the business bitch that we see in season eight, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or something like no, no, it's gotta be season seven for the next season, because Michael's still there. Uh, and she like gives uh, Dwight a hug. She's like, I never forget anything, Dwight. And like, she has this really like evil tone, and I love it. I love evil Kelly. It's way better than like Ditsy Kelly. Yeah. Um, like you said, Donna ends up leaving, uh, but there's a barrette that's left over, and Michael, even though at this point he's almost given up, thinks it's possibly a sign. Right, and everyone's telling him no, but right. he's like, screw it, I'm doing it anyway. Well, because even Pam now at this point gives it. Right, and so my question is, like, how long do you think actually transpired? Is it, like, two minutes, ten minutes? Like, I mean, I like, couldn't imagine more than ten minutes. Yeah, but why did she... Uh, punching in a location into her GPS. That could take a couple minutes for an old person who is in their late 20s. Uh, you know she knows the town pretty well. Oh, uh, this is the office park, though. Maybe there's a lot of weird one-way streets and only trucks and all that kind of stuff. Maybe, but I don't know. This just seems really bizarre to me. Like, the only theory I came up with was she was actually debating on whether or not um, to cheat on her husband. Like, she was having this crisis of conscience, and like she was thinking about taking that next step and when Michael came out she like just went for it and kissed him well you think this is her first time cheating on her husband then um maybe maybe not but you know maybe she did it once and felt terrible about it so she swore she'd never do it again I mean just because it's not the first time doesn't mean it's not a doesn't make it easy I guess you know yeah, well, I think, as you were talking, part of me was wondering if it's possible that she's trying to, that doesn't make sense, <laughs> make Michael make that first move. But he made that move like eight times in the office. Because I don't know if she could try to rationalize it to herself that, oh, he did it. So, like, that's uh, why it's okay. Maybe. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. Um, I mean, because then that being said, maybe it really it was only minutes, you know? Right. If it was like five minutes, I could understand it, even though that's kind of a long time to sit, you know. But, you know, being, like you said, like, 2010. Waiting for Michael. Maybe she's out there trying to get her Pandora to play a song she likes, but she only has so many thumbs ups. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Man, I, I used to use Pandora all the time. Terrible. <laughs> Okay, so back before Spotify, that thing was awesome. Yeah, I guess I just illegally downloaded music, Jacob, and listened to what <laughs> I wanted to by paying nobody. It's great. Kazaa, LimeWire, Morpheus, and you and you wonder why all your computers had viruses. I didn't wonder. I knew exactly why. 
All right. So, uh, so they, um, yeah, so they have a weird kiss outside. They That's... have a weird kiss. They, like, he starts to say things, and she's like, yo, shut up. And, you know, it's... Her reactions are consistent with somebody who is debating doing. Like, if she was conflicted about doing it, then gave it. Right. Yeah, it's rough because it's like... We're not supposed to know at this moment, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, it's hard because, like, did they try to play to it so that we would just not know? Or did they do a thing so that if we watched it again later, we could be like, oh, yeah, now we could tell. You know? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I've been in a situation really similar to this. And... <laughs> So, if there's a romantic know, situation, Jacob's been involved in it. I mean, I didn't know what a, a girl I was dating had a husband for like three months. <laughs> so, being like I said, been been kind of there. And it's, one, it's easier to get into than you would think. But yeah, it's definitely that, like, she doesn't want to tell, but, but whatever. Um, I don't know. It, it's... I. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because I don't want to think she's a terrible, terrible person, just a mostly terrible person. You know, I don't want to condemn someone to be completely terrible, just mostly terrible. All right. That's fair. That's how we get certain political leaderships happening, Jacob. So <laughs> it's a great mentality to have. Well, uh, it's it's also a television show. Come on. No. All characters, real or fictional, must be held accountable. All right. Uh, so, and he goes back up there. Yeah. No one believes that they can. Well, he's still holding the barrette, right? He ran outside to give right. it to her, and he's still cutting her hand. He's like, I gave her back her barrette. Or as he put it, her baguette. Her baguette. Uh, so what do you think of this episode? I really like this episode. Um, you get to see more of the selling. I don't. I just like it. I think it's a good character episode for a lot of different people. So I'm giving this four out of five Chinese German hybrids. Uh, like I said, I don't like the storyline. Don't like where it's going. So I'm going to give it two out of five sol uh, solo black and white photos. I mean, yeah, for probably two or three years, I had a hard time watching this section of episodes just because of the thing that happened with me. Um, so, yeah, I don't like it, but I think they're good episodes. So I'm trying to like, even though I don't like the storyline, what it does to Michael, I think that the episodes are quality enough for a high rating. Well, because you know what it is? They, he lists in this episode, is it this episode? I think it's this, this like his great loves. Yeah. And uh, if he did this again in five years' time, would Donna be on that list? Oh, no, no. Right. That's because, that's why I feel like it doesn't... Like, like... Well, great loves, no. Me, I mean, if you were to go most impactful, maybe she might make it. But, I mean, this relationship lasts, like, what, like, Three episodes or something, yeah. Like three or four episodes, yeah. Like, Well, that's what I mean. I just feel like if we could say the fictional character of Michael Scott 
might not really look at this time even at all in his life when he's old and telling his own story. Should we as viewers of this show <laughs> look at these episodes and be like, well, that was stupid. Let's just pretend they never happened. No, because the rock bottom thing is, is, is an astute observation. That's probably the purpose of them. Mm-hmm. Well, and also he, you know, he's done a whole lot of crack to himself and oh. hurt himself for women. Yeah. You know, and you know, Donna is, you know, an attractive woman who seems nice enough. Yeah, she's a terrible person, but, you know, maybe she's actually, like, cool to hang out with. But, you know, at, at the end of it all, he finally does. He's like, I could choose to live with myself or choose to be happy, and I chose the la or the former or whatever. You know, at the, I think it's next, next, it'll be our next first episode next time. Right. But, you know, so I think it's that, that final kick of I am done with this right. kind of thing where he's he's decided that he's going to be live with himself and be happy and not and not need a woman for it, I guess. Because right. he's always equated happiness with a woman before before this. Yeah. I just feel like I mean that's a that's a great statement, but I feel like even when Michael leaves the show, he's still very much this other person, is what I needed to complete me. You know. Well, I don't. I mean, yeah, but like he, it's it's a great le- lesson that he might have said he learned, but I don't think he ever really learned it, and that's not Michael's fault. That is the writers of the show's fault. And it's not a terrible blunder because that's not the story that they were set out to tell, really, right? That is this story arc that they told. Right. The fact that Michael needed to know it a year from now is kind of irrelevant. But it's just why, <laughs> like on a fun watch, I might skip around some of this stuff, you know? And mm. it's why you're making me talk about it every two weeks, you <laughs> son of a bitch. So it's, it's hard to put on a happy face and be like, you know, really good character work. Because it's well, okay, it's okay you, character. You sort of see it change. Like, Michael becomes much more adult about things after, in season seven, you know, for the most part. I mean, right. yeah, he still throws her, you know, Woody in the trash and all this other stuff. But um, he he takes that relationship in a much more adult way. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I think this is an important character arc for Michael. I think this is probably like top two or three character development pieces for him. All right. Okay. I don't know. The The audience probably wildly disagrees with me, which I'm sure they do. With everything. No, they tend to agree with you more than me anyways. I'm the fucking <laughs> anarchist of the show, it seems. So. Well, you're, you're Mr. Debbie Downer. Yeah. Negative Nancy. fucking sucks. Okay. Okay, next episode, the cover up, episode twenty four. Hey, to be fair, you're you're, you're going to be this person when we get to the Will, F- Will Ferrell episodes because I, I'm going to be talking so much shit about those episodes. Yeah, and you know what? Similarly, I think I feel how you feel. Not that they're important at the very least, but like, they're just what happened to get to the next thing, which is why I probably don't grade them so poorly. Uh, but it's precisely that casual. This is why you'll hate them, I think, or why you do hate them rather. 
All right, so we are on to the cover-up. Season 6, episode 24, directed by Rain Wilson Ayo. and uh, written by Gene Stupinski and Lee Eisenberg. The the people are back again. The dynamic duo. Yep. Yep, so uh, this has a really nice little cold open where we find out that through their talking head, Jim and Pam have scrounged up what little money they've got and taken what little free time they have to take Morse code classes so that they could torture Dwight. Which I love. I mean, it's hilarious. From what I was reading on the internet about this, they, uh, like, it really wasn't what they were saying, but, because it was, because you really can't do beeps with the clicks. Like, you had real good beep and beep. Right, right, yeah. But... Uh, you know, they start talking about a detonator and like Dwight calls Michael's like, and Michael's like, Jim, do you have a detonator in the office? He's like, no, I've just got my pen. Right. It's Michael's not having none of it. Um, so, so um, yeah, so yeah. something exciting happens to Michael. Well, apparently he's been, been boning this girl a lot yep um and so he has this conference room meeting essentially to tell everyone he's having sex right which it reminds me of a, a scene in futurama where zap brannigan's like kiff inform the <laughs> crew i have made it with a woman that's right yeah <laughs> that's that's very much what it feels like to me yeah i think um there's a lot of instances that we see of uh, like kind of like this weird underdeveloped social skills of Michael, right? Like he kind mm -hmm. of functions like a teenager, really. Like when it comes to being in a social oh, place maybe. and having to talk to people. And, you know... It, granted, he's been having more sex recently, but he went, what, 29 years than another 19 or something like that? Well, that's what it is. So I think, you know, when we all lost our V-card at whatever age, we were very excited. And we wanted to share with somebody. And I thought Michael lost his V-card, but... uh you know, same thing. He's just, he's just on a on a sexual high, so to speak, and he just wants to share it with the world. Right, and you know he's probably been like hanging out at Sid and Dexter's playing free games and stuff. Yeah. So you know he she works at Adult Arcade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. But um, so we start to learn more about the dates he's been going on, and apparently one of the locations is in the Poconos, which is a Pennsylvania area where a lot of people in our neck of the woods go for skiing and general outdoorsy revelry. Right. It was actually like 45 minutes from Scranton. So it's actually not a terrible drive. Yeah. I mean, even in Jersey, I mean, for me to get from where I am to Pennsylvania is about an hour and change. But once mm -hmm. I'm in Pennsylvania, it's probably only 30 minutes in also. Because, you know, coming from Oklahoma, especially the small town I'd lived in at one point, you know, I used to drive 45 minutes for a P.F. Chang's. Very rarely a P.F. Chang's. There's a lot of other restaurants I drive 45 yeah. minutes for. But... I mean, not for nothing, but if you live in Scranton, it's very possible you have to drive 45 minutes to go to a lot of things. And Jim yeah, talks probably. about how a lot of his shit's closed at 6 p.m. when he's interviewing for that job. Right. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so going to the Poconos isn't that. Know, it's not that far out there. It wouldn't seem that strange, even for a Tuesday night. 
Well, it sounds like they're going out, like it's their weekend trip. Right, right, right. but no, he's, they went on a Tuesday, and um, Ellie says, why would you go there when you have the Great Wall here in Scranton? Right. Which I don't know what that is, but it sound, I, 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 I assuming it's a sort of a Chinese place. I mean, in my, in my girlfriend's old town, they had a restaurant called the Great Wall, and you couldn't even sit inside of it. So if it's just one of these offensively named Chinese restaurants, <laughs> it's clearly no P.F. Chang's. <laughs> um, so yeah, is it one of those Chinese restaurants that's essentially a chain but isn't? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, I saw a Great Wall once, but you're like, no, it's a different Great Wall. <laughs> it's got three L's in it. Um, so what's so what's what's your Asian food of choice? Are you like a Japanese, Thai, Chinese? I'm a big hibachi fan, so Japanese, but specifically hibachi style. I don't really eat sushi, but uh, yeah, so. sushi's amazing. I I'll, I'll eat it, but I don't. I remember in college, a lot of kids were always like, I'm doing sushi, man. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Who is feeling raw fish? But I see it. I get it. It's cool. Whatever. So I'll, I'll eat a tuna roll. Well, my, my thought was when people would say that college would be, how the hell do you afford sushi as a college student? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a, uh, at my college, we had a, a little sushi cart that was in the rat wow. skeller, which was basically a shysty pizza place in the basement of the student center. So I'm also pretty sure that that sushi was probably pretty cheap. Who knows where it came from? Like, I still eat sushi, but the worst, one of the worst sicks you can ever be is sick on sushi. Oof. Well, you Oof. know, and not, not to not to criticize where you live, man, but like, what's your closest ocean, you know? Atlantic? Yeah, but it's like hours apart, you know? That's got to drive yeah. a refrigerated truck and all that jazz. Well, that's why you got to eat like when it's fresh. Like I, you pretty much got to eat sushi on like a Friday, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Pam's trying to kind of calm Michael down, but everybody kind of takes note of the long distance for all these dates and stuff, and then it starts to. Uh... And then why or not Michael Ryan starts listing off like, does she sour before sex, sour after sex? Does she leave the room to take phone calls and all this other stuff and. And everybody agrees, except for Pam, that... Uh, right, because yeah. he's, like, trying to keep Michael from going crazy. Right. Which right. she, you know, invariably... Whatever. He does. Whatever that word is I'm looking for does. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he starts wigging out that he thinks Donna is cheating on him. Right. Um, and so he tires Dwight for whatever reason, to, sure, step I, to, to P.I. and follow Donna. And so, and Dwight's, ob, I mean, obvious way to figure out if she's cheating on him or not is to sleep with her and tell Michael the bad news. Not, you know, take pictures and follow her and see if there's someone else. No. Right. <laughs> Which seems a little out of character, honestly seems a little out of character for Dwight. Like, he uh, likes yeah. a good stakeout, you know? It's true. He does love a good stakeout. Um, and he was not as uh, involved in discovering why Oscar was sick that day, right? Right, but 
have we had the episode where Daryl breaks his uh, ankle or hurts his ankle? Oh, no, I don't. Think right, he's out there with with Toby. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, he loves a good stakeout, and right. so this seems a little out of character for Dwight. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be funny. I also think it's kind of weird. I mean, he shows up in his work clothes and he's working out and it's in a similar way that all of the Michael stuff and all of his advances to Donna are creepy. Dwight's are also as creepy. So he's sitting in a machine working on his thighs and he's like moaning Mm -hmm. and it's, it's great. (laughs) I I love that like thing he put on his head. Like I, uh, I don't even know what the fuck that was. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in gym. (laughs) Like, what is that? Yeah. I, uh. I mean, it looked like it fit ahead pr- pretty well, but I feel like everything about that would be terrible for your back. Right. Well, it, it could be um, maybe designed to fit around a, uh, a weight plate to add more weight to uh, like a bench press or something. Because I've seen people do that. They'll they'll hang extra weights off of the weights because they've maxed oh, out how so much. So it's not for his the... head, I say. Yeah, but it's for... right. So it so this is rounded. So it's actually meant to sit on something like. Like a uh, like a bench press weight, right, right, right. Yeah, I that makes see, a lot I more sense. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Not how he's doing it. <laughs> and, well, you know, like Don is all like dressed up and stuff to go to the gym. Like, how do you work out that? Way? Well, shouldn't she know who Dwight is? Well, yeah, I, I mean, so let's say they didn't meet during happy hour because he was there. Um, he didn't run into her at all during the hour, two hour long meeting that they had with her in the office you know well did, did we actually see well dwight was it dwight was doing his own thing he was trying to puppet master kelly so he was busy uh, yeah he was busy but like realistically we're talking about an eight hour work day i mean how how many times is he going to spend in the annex for that whole day right but you know just because she's there doesn't mean they would like talk maybe it's like a i hey this is dwight and that's about it you yeah know? but even but that much not. wouldn't you notice this guy in work slacks at your gym who is talking to you this whole time you'd be like well, oh she does say like you know when she's coming up he's she's like hey you work for michael right and he's like with michael yeah i just feel like so she knows who he is to an extent right right all right all right you got me like I said, I hate it all. It's stupid. Okay, so in the in we got the the B storyline where Andy gets a call about the saber printers catching fire. Yep. And Daryl apparently has been nursing a grudge for two years with Andy, and he finally decides this is the time. Right. And so he like talks to Gabe about it, and he's like, "Well, I'll check it out, whatever." And so. Gabe says something actually made me wonder. Like, it's like I'll call corporate. That's what I'll do today. And what does Gabe actually do? Yeah, I mean, he really seems like he's there for the smoothness of the transition from Dunder Mifflin to Saber policies. Right. Um, But it's that exact job description that makes me feel like he probably just sits there twiddling his thumbs, reading like maybe weird Korean horror porn. Or whatever he's into, <laughs> and yeah, you know, one of those it might be one of those things because in like season seven, he seems as a much more defined kind of management role in the company. Like he is sort of like 
Sort of HR, sort of... Well, that's what it is. It seems like he's still a transition person, but he has a little bit more to do with HR stuff also, like Toby. Right. And, yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it's just weird. Um, Part so of me I, wonders, too, if Gabe oversteps stuff. Like, he got really involved in that whole Kevin Cookie Monster thing. Right. But and then, I, like, because, like... Um, well, it's like he did it maybe because he wants, if there was a visit, he wants the branch to be, you know, well-oiled machine so he looks good, mm-hmm. even if that's not his role, you know, so he can, like, take credit for it. So these interpersonal conflicts, maybe he discusses it with them even though he doesn't need to. Maybe. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's very undefined, ill-defined Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. he does. So and so for what whatever reason, like Michael decides he wants ice cream but doesn't have any, so he does mayo and olives, which terrible. I hate both of those things. I hate mayo and olives. Yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, but yeah, so Pam has to actually take it away from him, right? Because he keeps eating it, and he's like. And she's trying to like keep him from like going crazy, but he's like, "Oh, it's it's spiraling out of a muck." <laughs> yeah, right. Because it was a expression she had used earlier that he just didn't understand what the heck a muck was. Right, but there's this really good scene in there where Pam like just drills down to Michael's bedrock, where she's like, "You have a very self-destructive streak. Yeah, things go well and you blow it up." And Michael's like, "You're right." Right. And this is when she starts listing all all his great lovers. Yeah, that's it. And uh, he keeps forgetting Helene, which right. is a sort of a running gag for the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, Don is super glamorous working out. Yeah, I mean she's got that TV workout thing going on, right? Like she's not sweating. She don't have no red cheeks. I mean, she, yeah. She's doing okay. Um, and obviously Jacob's got a thing for her, so that makes sense. That's fine. Um, <laughs> obviously have a thing for her, huh? And comedically, Dwight is not. He's sweaty. He's wearing his stupid wife beater and stuff. He's just doing the morning yeah. things that make me feel uncomfortable. And he's like, yeah, he's got this really weird, like, I am here to see you naked. Yeah. He's like, it's like a, there's like a period in between each word, like, see you naked. Yeah, wow. It's like I he's am naked. Yeah. 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 Uh, And so she like bails and Michael's like or Dwight goes back, she's like, Hey, not cheating on you and I told her not to, but she's coming this way and she's furious. Yeah. And we find out that basically she called the security on him. Makes sense. And the only way he could get himself out was by revealing he was doing this thing. Right. Um it's like who eats? And Michael asks him because he's giving him the receipts for the reimbursement. Like who has eight protein bars? People who don't trust egg whites. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Michael yeah. is doing the thing he does where he cries on the floor by the secretary. And uh, so Aaron's chilling there, and Michael's leaning up against, and he's she's like, "Wouldn't you be more comfortable in your office?" And he's like, "I like the attention," which is like one of the first times he. He's accidentally admitted that a lot, but this is like he flat out says, he's like, I like the attention. 
Right. Uh, but Donna comes in and they have a little heart to heart in the uh, in his office, and she uh, is very adamant that she likes him, and that mm-hmm. uh, you know he needs to take her word on it and that all jazz. And he and they want to, She wants to go away for the weekend to Vero Beach. Which is in Florida. So she, she, is she going to pay for them to fly to Florida? I think so. How much is she making as a Sid and Dexter's? Well, isn't that her place, though? I think she's just like the general manager. I mean, yeah, I always thought she owned it, but... Yeah, maybe. Because she, but she never says owner. She keeps saying manager. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I always thought... I mean, I just kind of envisioned it as like a Dave & Buster's, which is a chain. So maybe that's... The wrong way to look at it, but yeah, you're right. She is a manager of a Sid and Dexter. Yeah. Is is it cheap? I mean, I know you can fly down to Orlando pretty cheap from here, but at least from Pittsburgh, I don't know about, about Philly. Yeah, I mean, maybe she'd have to. What's closer, Philly or Newark? I guess Philly. Um, I don't know. But that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he might actually. Yeah, just eyeballing it. It looks like uh, like Newark would be closer. Yeah, it looks like you might be able to get on Route 80 and just go the whole way. Yeah. Anyways, jump to Daryl, who says his plan against Andy, while he's got no specific plan, is like jazz. It allows him to improvise. And it's almost uncharacteristic of Daryl to improv the way he does here. He's not that he's singing. That's fine. Daryl yeah. sings. But it's kind of like his weird, like, lighthearted moment, kind of silly, where he's like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, got no plan. Yeah. Because, you know, he says earlier that, you know, Andy's a fool. So maybe he thinks he doesn't have to put that much effort into it. Yeah, that could be it. And uh, as the scene plays out, Andy kind of gives Daryl the plan. Um, so, yeah, we get the, like, you know, he's like, oh, I walked by Gabe's desk and I heard Andy uh, problem eliminate. And Andy just, like, jumps ahead. And it's like, oh, Andy's a problem, must eliminate. And that's when Daryl gives this, like, evil gym look to the camera. Mm-hmm. And there's this great thing where Creed walks by Andy and just kind of, like, gives him the throat slash. Yeah, that's a great moment. And then Creed has this Darnell's great talking. Yeah, he's like, I would have done that for anything. <clears throat> I've done a lot more for a lot less. Darnell gave me five dollars. Yeah. He's a chump. <laughs> um, yeah, so Donna goes to the break room to get a soda or whatever because she's chilling with mm-hmm. Michael. And Kelly starts like, sees her earrings, which are these heart diamondy whatever the hell's. And yeah. uh, Kelly, being the shopaholic that she is, like knows every store that sells earrings. Earrings, 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 sales. Yeah. Um, it, and for whatever <laughs> reason, this gets Pam's attention. Because apparently women do not buy heart-shaped jewelry for themselves. Which makes a lot of sense to me, honestly. I mean, I guess it's something I never thought about. Like, are we are we as men that predictable that they, they know they're going to get some? Like, No, I mean, I don't think women like it at all. I think it's an industry thing because men don't know what jewelry is or whatever. So we're like, oh, heart is love. I love my gal. I'll get her a heart thing. All right, ladies, if you're out there, um, 
please hit us up like on Reddit or like Broken Jars Broadcasting at gmail.com and tell us. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I bought a uh, a lot of my girls' friends pre-college all received heart things. I stopped trying in college, so those girls got nothing except for my attention sometimes. And they were lucky to have it, Jacob. Yeah. I think but, the uh, only jewelry I've ever bought for my wife is the engagement ring. There you go. Maybe I should buy her jewelry. Get her something with a heart shape. She'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Pam realizes it, has this talking head where she explains it. And we also find out that Jim has bought her a heart-shaped pendant that she loves, obviously. Hashtag sarcasm. Yeah, I, I, I love how it's like, but you like heart-shaped things, right? She's like, oh, God, no. Yeah. And she realizes it as she's wearing this heart-shaped pendant. She's like, oh, but I love this. It's this great Pam moment where yeah. like, she, she realizes she, she's messed up and has to fix it very, very quickly. Yeah. So... um Pam finds out that she has a friend of a friend of a friend of Donna's on Facebook, which affords her enough security to see a couple of her photos. And it looks right. like uh, Donna's kissing a dude at a party and sitting on his what lap. What does it look like? She definitely is in the second photo. Well, it looks like it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so she prints out. I mean, and I don't know about you, but like the page printout. Is like a website, which is not how a web page would print out necessarily, but it prints out like a Facebook page. Um, yeah, well, maybe she used like the snipping tool and just like copy and pasted it. That's a good point. You got me. Okay, snipping tool. Pam might know the snipping tool. All right, fine. Pam, snipping tool. Got it. So she prints out these pages and is showing it to us. Also shows us a picture of Cece, who will never, we'll do, never anything do anything bad. wrong. Yeah, but like we learn later, like in the um. When Jim goes to jury duty, that she's just a freaking handful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, and Michael wants a street level room at the hotel. Why would you ever want a street level room? Because he loves to people watch. But Still, that you can. That's why you go sit at a bench near the escalator in a food court. So you can people watch. That's why you do that. But if you're going to the beach, right? You just like. Get a cabana near the beach and just drink and watch people at the beach. Well, you were asking how much money you thought she had. I'm pretty sure now you're getting out of the realm of realistic money. Well, I don't know. It's kind of off season, right? It's April. You're past spring break. Yeah, but it's Florida still. Yeah, but can't it can't be that expensive for a decent hotel for a couple of nights. Well, he's checking. Yes, I am, because I'm curious now. <clears throat> yeah, it's... I mean, you feel like you don't want to be on street level because it's quieter anyways. I mean, Right, I'm and like, you know, it's just weird for me when I, like... When I travel, like, knowing that, like, there's people right there outside the window. Right. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, a phobia thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you can get like some pretty decent, here you go, three-star hotel, 54 bucks a night. Three out of what stars? Out of five? 
Do they do half stars on this website that you're looking at? Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> okay, so that's a solid three stars. All right. Yeah. Well, anyways, moving on. So Gabe comes back, finds out that there have actually been 12 reports of fires, um, all user error. But for bringing it to his attention, he gives Andy a $5 Dunkin' gift card. Right. And it kind of feels like this is, since we find out that they were trying to quietly roll out patches and stuff and like next episode, I think. Right. It feels like Gabe is actually really just trying to get. Um, like he is covering it up a bit. He is covering, yes. It yeah. feels like a cover up. <clears throat> um, Pam hits the deck. Yeah, so like they're they're watching her, and he's like, "Well, and you know, so, pay like, Michael sort of spills the beans about, about what's been going on. He's like, and Pam told me, and she's like Donna looks up, oh, and he's, yeah. he, he, Pam like jumping, <laughs> like, like trying to avoid a grenade or something. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just like, ooh, good commitment. Yeah. Um. So Andy's downstairs in what is formerly the Michael Scott Paper Company. Is that where that was? I, I didn't actually notice where they were at. Yeah, I, I felt pretty confident that that's what that room was, this multi... Because, you know, Dwight comes back there later when he buys the building and stuff, so I feel like it's a set piece now for them. Uh -huh. Yeah, you pretty much see it at least once every season. Yeah. So he's uh, doing a huge print job on a printer. Daryl's there filming. And, you know, I guess... Similarly, I don't know what the goal was. Oh, so Daryl's just trying to make Andy look like an ass. Because he's like, you know, the tape makes your voice sound weird. you got to speak higher. Right. <clears throat> uh, so as he's talking, uh, the printer goes on fire. And Daryl's like, I don't want to yeah. prank anybody anymore. <laughs> I just want to go to church, do one nice thing a day. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's just like real, I guess, for Daryl. He's like, holy shit. I don't want to be involved in this ever again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so point 51. I think Jacob has a, a short monologue prepared for this. <laughs> uh, I really don't, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, definitely uh, been in a situation where I didn't know the person I was with was married. So yeah, that was a tough conversation. Um, I chose wrongly. Because by the time I found out, I was really into this woman. So if she told me how terrible her husband was, which I don't know if that's true or not. But I, I kind of, like, I didn't know they were married, but I kind of knew her husband. And I didn't like him. So it was easy for me to, like, make that jump. But still, bad decision. But, yeah, it's it's, it's shitty. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, you know, because right? we've been dating long enough to, like, and we saw each other pretty regularly. But so I just thought everything was cool. Yeah, I, uh. I haven't experienced Jacob that is not too dissimilar. You know, I try not to to dish about too many personal things aside from maybe pooping schedule. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, in high school I dated a girl, so probably less serious. She wasn't married, but who was dating an older guy who I knew she was dating. So it's a little different because I wasn't surprised by it. But I can see how it's confusing when you spend so much time with that person. But you know what the Internet says? is what makes you think they will be better to you than they were to their significant other. 
Oh, it's so easy to lie to yourself, especially when you're in the throes of it. Well, and, and it's true. So that's why I don't fault Michael for still dating her necessarily. But it, he does a lot of un-Michael-like things like the mm-hmm. next episode and stuff like that. So that's the problem. But it's not an unbelievable situation he's gotten himself into. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so there's a great closing. Yeah. Uh, so Dwight has a, yeah, he's got a membership to this gym. Michael will be billed monthly. Right. And we find Dwight uh, attempting to run a spin class, basically. It looks like he is for a hot minute. Right. Uh, but then we see the instructor be like, no, we're on a cool down. <laughs> we're going he's down. Like, no, here. the hill's a lie. <laughs> yeah. They will rape us. <laughs> he's like, hey, harder, harder, and jump. You're dead. You're dead. You're alive. Yeah. You're barely alive. <laughs> yeah. And then they cool down, which is great. And check your pulse. That's probably one of my favorite Dwight bits because he's just so into it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, <clears throat> what you got going on? Uh, well, yeah. So we actually didn't talk about this, so this won't be as funny. But uh, I gave this a 3.5 out of 5 notches above Toby. Which is how uh, Michael described Donna's husband. Uh, better episode, I think. Uh, so I gave it a 2.5 out of 5 dollars from Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice number play. Thank nice, you. Nice, I like it. Uh, yeah, I really, I like this episode. It's a, you know, it's definitely a bridge of the... Because it's really a three-episode arc, for the most part. Right. I mean, yeah, we meet Donna in Happy Hour, but this really is the Donna arc. Um, Yeah, I just like it. It's a good episode. It, You know, these episodes really hit home for me, and now that I've kind of gotten over all the shame and hate that I had for myself for many, many years over the whole relationship I had there, uh, you know, I can actually watch these again, and I like them a lot. I have no shame in my life. I'm a great guy. <laughs> I just think it's stupid. This is just—it's not a great. I just don't like. It's like the stuff that happens with Andy later. You know, they've just made Michael too shitty here. He's not that shitty a guy, and they just make him do a lot of shitty stuff that's just weird. <laughs> and uh, so it's—it's it's hard. It's hard to watch, guys. I'm sorry. But one day right. the season will be over and I might be happier again. Hey, give give me Wolf time, Next time we are we are ending season six. Next episode. <clears throat> um yeah, so as usual, uh leave us a, a comment or a rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to it. I don't know where the hell mm-hmm. we are. The internet. Uh, leave us a review on the internet. You can hit me up at, at Jacob Ingalls on Twitter. Um, broken jars pod on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash broken jars, broken jars at XYZ. Check out all of our other shows, Dresden Files, Dangerous to Go Alone. Um, I know we have more. Oh, High Fancy, which yeah. is one of mine. We're <laughs> talking about writing. On. Sorry, like all these, like, you know, the holidays, they screwed me up, man. Like, yeah. So out of sync right now. Uh, find me on Twitter at uh, J-A-Y underscore R-E-Y. 
We got 280 character limit now, bro. I'm just talking. And plus, now you can do those threaded messages where you can like just keep at it. Yep. You want to we hear just about make me? It fucking Facebook. <laughs> yeah, point, it's true. Know? Well, you know, uh, if you want to read about me uh, putting a sandwich in my pocket, that's on there. If you want to see Jacob harass me about my choice in cell phone, that's on there also. Apparently, Samsung sucks. They've been saying very similar things about you, just so you know. And that's fine. Like, I don't know. I I like Android. I like Android. I do not like Samsung. Well, you'll be happy to know I opted not to get a Samsung. I'm expecting a Pixel any day. That's, um, I'm really thinking that'll be my next phone. It's a little harder because they only do the stuff through, I mean, you can go through them through Google, but it's just a pain in the ass. I bought it so, through Google, but you could get it from Verizon if you've got Verizon. Yeah, but I'm on, I'm on the Timo. Yeah. Timo, you get the free uh, free Spotify streaming? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's... I don't even know how much data I use anymore, but, like, for... Before I switched, I had, like, fully unlimited AT&T for, like, three or four months. And the day I got... Or me and my wife got unlimited data on AT&T, we went from, like, right at 10 gigs to, like, 27 gigs a month. Right, yeah. I use so much fucking data. <laughs> So there it is. Check uh, catch us next week on the Great T Mobile podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, we will we will sing their praises. They give us money. Yeah, as soon as they give me a dollar, that's it. I'm a T Mobile fanboy. Then, uh, yeah. So we'll see you in two weeks with the ending of season six. I think this season just felt eternally long. Yeah, well, we changed formats mid uh, <laughs> mid season, so. That's we, true, too. We did it to ourselves. But more content for you, fools. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's more content, just uh, more energetic content. <laughs> the That's content true. is higher quality. That's true. All right, well, we'll see you next time. All right, later, guys. Bye. Bye. <clears throat>